0: Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong
1: Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. This time we're reviewing episode three, Replacements. This review is meant to be spoiler free, so join us after you've watched the episode. So if you like story. And you like Star Wars. Then stick around. In this episode, the Batch is challenged as a group for the first time since Crosshair's departure when their ship malfunctions and they are forced to land on Ordo Moon. Omega becomes determined to prove her worth to the team when peril in the form of a mysterious creature threatens them. Back on Kamino, Crosshair is assigned command of a new
0: crew while tension builds between Tarkin, Rampart, and the Kaminoans as they attempt to keep their place inside the growing empire.
1: Now that we got the summary out of the way, let's talk plot in this episode <laughs>
0: yeah which to say there's kind of a lot and kind of not a lot i think
1: was... well i think with a with a series like this it's um i mean you have the like the the sort of episode to episode like this is what we're doing in this episode and then you have the the grander plot which may or not be served every episode equally but <clears throat> nonetheless our a plot continues to be just the batch finding its way in the universe um now that their purpose seems to have been gone is gone now yeah um i almost said found and i'm like actually it's the exact opposite of that we're finding (laughs) not found yet it's lost (laughs) to to that we have um in this episode omega and hunter sort of growing together a little bit we get a little more characterization of other bad batch members in this episode which i enjoy a lot more Uh, tech uh, uh and and echo yeah sort of
0: and and kind of kind of record again yeah to what we were saying uh on the last episode it it is interesting that they like kind of have tapered it Mm -hmm. uh what characters we're getting Mm -hmm. with you know in what
1: episode but it is kind of great that we have um little steps every single time this one seems more balanced between the characterization we get of hunter and and the rest of them like because it's only them on, They're not interacting the with like an additional party. Yeah, Cut yeah. Laquan and families is not here. and Or Crosshair. And, or Crosshair yeah. and his friends. And his cronies. <laughs> um, Go for B-plot.
0: Yeah, so B-plot, uh, you know, which we were, was absent in the last episode is, is Crosshair. And what I wrote his continued problematic behavior, but really <laughs> just sort of the shenanigans that he's up to. um, How his life is unfolding outside of the batch. Um, which we do get like a, a lot of in this episode, mm-hmm. which is the, the one point I wrote down probably six times on our document is just like, it, I loved the back and forth in this episode. It, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, and then the C plot is just like empire, what the empire is up to, which we, I think we also get a lot of
1: that. Yeah, in we this do. Episode. I,
0: I think interestingly, and, and I, I'm excited to see how this unfolds throughout the rest of the season. Cause I don't super remember the specifics of it, but like it's interesting that the the b plot crosshair and the c plot sort of the empire are very very intertwined obviously Mm -hmm. but they have like their own they're becoming like faceted like they have their own specific like in this episode we see a lot like how you know previously it was like the empire which included the kaminoans and now we're kind of seeing that it might not in the future and Mm -hmm. like you know they might be splitting they're trying to like both keep ground in this like new rising empire and like trying to find a way to like essentially stay relevant um and you know they're using crosshair i mean in that
1: yeah they're they're very intertwined at the at this moment in time but <clears throat> you see a lot more um a lot more deeper and interesting things happening with the empire in this episode that yeah i'm i'm excited to talk about the the difference between the the clones and recruitment yeah as like a concept as like because i think that gets discussed it gets discussed pretty interestingly in this episode that we've never really seen From the Empire's POV in Star Wars. Yeah. Very interesting.
0: No, and I think they do it, again, in a way that's, like, so... Like, we don't... We have a lot of jumping back and forth between the Batch and and Crosshair slash the Empire slash the Communoans in this episode. But, like, there's not a lot of time to, like, go into these, like, deep discussions about, like, the difference between, like, soldiers you made for a purpose and soldiers you're, like, recruiting. Um, But they they do it in such a, like, a you know, like, a pithy to the point way. And it Mm is, uh, you know, as is consistent with the rest of the show, it's, like, really effective.
1: Exactly. Um, shall we? Shall jump we? Into story beats. I would
0: love to jump into
1: story beats. Um. Okay. Well, this episode begins on the Marauder as, as most of them as do, has the last one. I guess. I mean, the first one didn't. But no. Um. I think from here on out, we start a lot on the Marauder. We get a lot of the Marauder, which I'm not complaining about. Um. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, Omega and Gonky are hanging out, um, is Gonky's, like, sideways? Like, obviously he didn't do that himself. I love the idea that Omega just, like, is, like, you're gonna lay over and, like, I'm gonna just sit on you. And I do
0: really like that she's doing, like, the the typical kid thing, like, nowadays of, like, she has, like, her Star Wars iPad and she's just, like, hanging out with this droid on the floor.
1: Um... I love the I love when Hunter, I think Hunter comes up to them and is yeah. just like, that doesn't look very comfortable. It's just very, like, dad. Like, he's kind of, like, it, yeah. it took him, like, an episode, but he's, like, really, no, like, I'm I, a dad now. And that's
0: what I was saying last episode about, like, I, I like that we don't, like, have to putter around in this, like, ambiguity of, of Hunter, like, not, he's like, I don't know how to be a dad. No, he just, like, it takes him, like, a two days, and mm-hmm. then he's like, I'm good now.
1: <laughs> oh, and I think that totally is that, he we before we even have him interacting with omega like a lot we we do see a very nurturing side of him but it's just that like it was in a soldier context and now he's sort of like okay i understand nurture like i'm the leader of this team um you know i'm a leader of this team that's not that different from parenting i suppose in a way um so he's he's really he's doing a good job i do
0: like i mean this is uh, i i can quickly run through the the points of like there's a lot of good banter right but Mm -hmm. we we establish a that like omega while she's like fitting in i'd say like socially to this group doesn't necessarily have like occupy a physical place yeah which kind of becomes um an interesting subplot in this episode Mm -hmm. um and then we get a lot of banter with tech and echo right and they're talking about you know the inhibitor chips and stuff
1: which is obviously another breadcrumb kind of pulling us through Mm -hmm. um i want to say i really appreciate the i mean i appreciate this for the whole season um but the The way that the writing flows so well. It into does. You. Like, nothing feels like a hard stop. Nothing feels like, whoa, you just changed changed gears real quick on me. Yeah, Like, it's just very, like, <laughs> because it goes from, like, our food rations are low to, like, they wouldn't be low if we had had time to, like, stop. But, like, you have to do repairs. And then, like, tech is like, well, I would do the repairs if I wasn't working on this scanner because I'm, like, interested in, yeah, it, in this it chip situation. It has a
0: way of flowing very, like... I, I guess just well, very, like, stream of consciousness, like, how it's, people would have a it's conversation. It's incredibly organic.
1: Yeah. Which is difficult to do in, when you're writing dialogue on a script. <laughs>
0: yeah, and also, like, about a sci-fi world, and, like, we're introducing topics, and, like, I don't know, it's just done so well, and, like, I had a point here, and I,
1: it's gone now. I mean, okay, let me just interject with... The, yeah, go for it. Uh, we, we talked previously about how animation is very intentional, right? Yeah. So, like, when you have dialogue on a script and you're doing a live-action audience audience <laughs>
0: they in front of
1: a live studio audience. <laughs> that's what i meant when you're when you have dialogue on a script and you're um working with with a, human actors uh on a live action the set re- the real boys, the real boys um you you do have to rely on somewhat of you know the what's the chemistry between these two actors yeah. are they any good like it's so much more uh, Im- importance and like uh, sway lies on the actual dialogue lines yeah, because obviously you got one guy in the recording booth and like you can't have chemistry with yourself. Yeah. And
0: it's like unless <laughs> I, I and he's like a, obviously a really great voice actor to be able to do yeah. five parts and then we get more as more. I mean, like, you know, but, like, it doesn't like, matter
1: how good a voice actor you are. If it, you're if having your to record <laughs> really shitty lines. Yeah.
0: it's hard. Yeah. Um, I I feel like it's you know you could uh, examine a lot of mm-hmm. examples of that of like good actors in
1: in bad scripts right. Yeah. Okay, so tech, tech brings up the point of um, this scanner thing, looking at their tips. I also yeah. really enjoy how frequently this topic has come up, yeah. it's, but, it, but it's never, like, they're keeping us very intrigued with it. They're like, okay. It's like,
0: just, I think this is why I keep calling them breadcrumbs. It's like little yeah. morsels.
1: <laughs> and it, but it just, it's very well done, because um, we get a little more here, like, oh, okay, you we can scan them. Like, that kind of sets up for, like, what I, I believe the next episode. Um, the
0: next episode is ornamental. Which I don't actually think
1: has anything to do with chips in it. Oh, okay. Um, Mm, I could be wrong. But anyway, um, very, very smooth transition to reorienting. Oh, yeah. Remember the inhibitor chips. That's still a thing. Um, That gets very uh, pushed under the rug as their ship starts to crash. Yeah. Land. Which, Um,
0: by the way, again, great writing. Like, we watched this episode twice in a row. (laughs) And, like, we both laughed at the, like... Uh, you know oh well the the system diagnostic doesn't say that like yeah, yeah hunter's is just a like tech
1: are you sure like what do you mean are she's and like I, we're fine yeah and and it's like <laughs> well it,
0: i ran a diagnostic and it said we're fine life support isn't affected and then immediately they're dropped out of hyperspace and they're like crashing <laughs> the like hunters I,
1: just like i'm gonna fucking kill you the
0: chemistry between these characters who are voiced by the same dude and are not real is like fucking insane Well, again it has so much to do with, with the, the writing. writing yeah um um so, they're crash landing. Yes. Uh, and and another very important thing happens. Somewhat related to the ships. Uh was Wrecker hits his head. Head, yes. Which is uh, a sort of red herring, I think, this early on. It is important. I, I think later. in this
1: episode, you you might think that, like, oh, they they engineered that so that um, Omega and Hunter would have to go out to find the Yeah, I think part. that is what it felt like to me the first time I watched yes. this. Yeah. Um, but it's not totally that. No, it's
0: a, it's again, it's another one of those intriguing little breadcrumbs. It's a little intriguing breadcrumbs. Um, but what I was going to say with this, which is like uh, what I thought of when you're talking about the relationship we're seeing unfolding between Hunter and Omega is that I like in this episode just a little bit. We get to see Hunter be kind of like parental older brothery to other members of the batch. Yeah. And by other members of the batch, I do mean Wrecker, right? Yeah. Cuz like he doesn't allow him to go out. He's like, there's something up with you. Like, he's not just like, I'm worried about you because, like, he's a soldier boy. Um, but, like, you know, he does that in his own way where it's like,
1: no, you stay here. Like, it'll be okay. And he then- I mean, he's very, he's extremely practical. It's just like, yeah. okay, first and f- first things first, we need to get this ship off the moon because if we're stranded on the moon, we can't get help to anybody that needs it. So, yeah. including people in our own family.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say including people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call crosshair now. <laughs> it's uh, gray now. Our, our brother Peepaw—he um, does look like thirty years older than. The rest I think it's of like them. the really gaunt features and the gray, and the gray hair. hair yeah. Like I, I feel like if he had dark hair, it would be different. Yeah. But he's like—he's so old, old man villain coated with his like monocle tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> like um, when you
1: think about these ca- characteristics of his character uh, design. It, it just, it like, without seeing it, like, I think when you, you, you see it with, with your eyeballs.
0: With your peepers. With your
1: peepers, it Like, it comes together very well. It's cohesive. But when you take these, like, individual aspects of his character design, I'm just like, he sounds, like, so insane over the top. Yeah, he like, does. Villain-coded. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, very tall and gaunt. and He's got a monocle tattoo. <laughs> like, I know it's not a monocle. He's but, got gray hair. But it looks like a monocle. He chews on a toothpick. Yeah. Like, or he's it's just, like... fucked up Clint Eastwood yeah old old Clint Clint Eastwood (laughs) um
0: so then we jump into I mean we we see a lot with the repairs and and sort of like this I don't know I guess again they're just alluding to the fact that they're like not alone on
1: this mood like it is just Mm -hmm. kind of like the regular progressing plot plot line of this episode something else interesting does happen before we cut to Camino (sighs) and that's um Omega pulling out Crosshair's weapon kit because she's oh, trying yeah, to figure right. out like, where the Oh parts yes, that's right. The, I would argue the most important dialogue in this episode well, that I, th- I just <laughs> forgot. <laughs> it's it's interesting because we didn't see the Batch at all last episode show any sort of like yeah. we miss Crosshair um, and I don't think that like it's fair to say that they don't like him. Obviously he's like part of their family or whatever but like obviously the, the circumstances of his leaving, it, they are um you know, painful, yeah,, uh, but I do enjoy that they we got this sort of like record being like, okay, I'm gonna say it, like I miss crosshair, yeah, you know, it's just it's different. not,
0: um again, I think, like how we talk about uh, themes and how they're used, it's not this concept in bad batch of like there's good and there's bad, and like, oh, crosshair, you know, kind of betrayed us, that means he's automatically bad, we don't like him at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, he's still like important to us. it's just like a difficult thing to grapple with, and like. I like that we're seeing this. I, like, <laughs> I love
1: too that Omega is the one to pull his weapon kit out. Yeah, um, because I think it really sets up the juxtaposition between her and um, the emptiness of Crosshair uh, in this episode. And unlike the last episode, which which I think she was kind of questioning, "Do I even belong here? Do they want me here?" Yeah. Um. You know, where at the end of that episode, her place in the batch is very solidified. Now she's kind of moving into this spot of like. Am I going to measure up? Yeah. So that's sort of the challenge that she's facing in this episode as far as relating to the rest of the group. But um, no, that was a very important sort of moment that happened. Yeah. And
0: I think it's also setting up because it's the, it's not only just like we miss him, but it's also like this concept that like, is it him doing these actions or is it the inhibitor chip, which I, which does become, uh, a whole quandary, like in this show, which is, I mean, you know, we don't have to go into the details of it, obviously, but like, I, I remember being <laughs> on Tumblr on the tags, like <laughs> later on when these later episodes are coming out, or just like the show is coming out, and so many people were like going back and forth on the concept of that. Was it Crosshair doing these things, or was it the inhibitor chip? Mm-hmm. And I like that um uh, it kind of introduces that to us and leaves it unanswered, where it's like we don't really know, mm-hmm. like. You know, and, and Hunter and Omega talk about this later, but like, you know, it, it could be him, it could not be him, you know, don't necessarily blame him for all of this. But like, it, it, I like that it introduces this like question that's mm-hmm. like, it is kind of like, it's not simple and it doesn't really go answered
1: like, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I don't know. I, well, just, again, it, it's, I would call it a breadcrumb, but it's, like, a bigger one. It's, like, right? a whole piece of bread. <laughs> it's, like, a slice of bread. That you love for them, the We've been getting crumbs, and now it's just, like, oh, a whole slice. Yeah,
0: it is something I think that they give you to, like, ponder on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's cool that we kind of, like, transition right into, like, what is up with crosshair, right? Yeah. Like, I, again, uh, I love the sort of back and forth in this episode because it's, like, very, very frequent. Like, mm-hmm. every... Like, couple minutes, we go back to the other party. And, like... Yeah. It's interesting how they sort of tie these narratives together. It super is. So, let's go to Camino. So, basically, when we get back to Camino, it, it does just, like, immediately cut to Crosshair being in this, like, med bay again, where we've seen them fuck with his inhibitor chip previously. Um, and it is, once again, Nalase and Tarkin talking about um, how he's, like, responding well, right, to his inhibitor chip... Oh, inhibitor chip <laughs> being... Um, you know messed with experimented on Mm -hmm. right um which does launch us like very quickly into the concept of like what they're looking for in their new empire which i think is like uh kind of the crux of our like c plot right Mm -hmm. is like okay you know we understand (laughs) tarkin and like you know by and large (laughs) the rest of the empire like what their plans are but it's interesting to see like how they're growing into those plans right and like
1: introducing them well obviously because they're an empire they're looking to strengthen their hold on the whole galaxy um and they're talking about the best way to do that obviously you have to have an army to do that what's yeah. the best way to have an army we get a cool introduction i mean we sort of got uh, well, we got a light introduction to we got a glimpse of of rampart in last episode yeah. but now we see him It wasn't just some, some sort of like in, imperial hologram man uh <laughs> hologram man. he's not the announcer you know no. he's not the morning announcer uh he is this up and coming admiral yeah which um, sorry by the way i love again like thinking of
0: how things could be if you like flipped or like essentially turned off parts of different episodes like mm-hmm. i it feels very weird to me that like uh, there could have been a, a world where this guy, Rampart, just walked into this room with, you know, Tarkin and Nala say and, like, that was our introduction to him. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I'm wondering if that was what happened, and then they're like, mm, we should probably in- introduce this guy in, like, a,
1: you I, know. I don't know. I mean, know. there's no way to say. There's no way to say. <laughs> I mean, everything they've been, they, everything it's they do, every dialogue piece, so is intentional. so intentional, and it flows so well together. Yeah. I get so. all that to say what we talk about story. It's all a process, right? Yeah. So, like, oh, it's sure. inter-
0: interesting to see that probably somewhere in the process they said we should introduce this character like they did, right? In, like, a hologram like Mm -hmm. it's just really interesting way to like quickly but like uh uh, easily introduce people to characters and plot lines
1: right like new characters yeah I mean it's establishing what we needed to know about him in the last episode which was he's part of the empire you know he's I mean presumably a a higher up um officer you know he's not just a faceless sort of helmeted empire goon he's he's a guy yeah and I like, <laughs> he's a guy he,
0: he's a he's a real man um and I do really like that pretty quickly we he gets established as um an up-and-coming sort of like young but like someone who really believes in what the empire is doing exactly. like unabashedly unquestioningly yeah. is like yes like this is what we need to do and I want to make it as best as possible mm-hmm. which is is I think an interesting flavor to see like I feel like uh imperial dudes we see are usually like in it for the the power and it's not necessarily that rampart isn't in it for the power but it's like he almost really has a lot of like
1: conviction and belief behind what the empire is doing which is oh, interesting sure. um which which makes so much sense with what he is proposing which yeah. is we get introduced to this pro this project war mantle yeah and a very short introduction just sort of the name right We're yeah like, what i mean is they that?
0: they sort of throw
1: it out and then kind of introduce the concept of which it. the concept of it as introduced in this episode is find like recruiting soldiers training soldiers as recruits and not you know you're not utilizing clones lifelong trained soldiers yeah so
0: that's the sort of uh uh, push and pull Mm -hmm. that between the empire and the communes that we kind of introduced earlier yeah so
1: obviously nala says like "Mm, i don't like this (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i really like i think rampart says it but he says there are other ways of producing loyal soldiers yeah which totally hits the his point on the head which is like um it's about loyalty. It's not yeah. necessarily about because Nalase brings up, well, you know, you're not gonna find a recruit that has more skill than our clones. They've been yeah. trained since they were the day they were born. And he's like, it's not about skill. Skill really, if we have the numbers, it's about loyalty. Yeah, which it's I think It's about making sure that the galaxy does not rebel exactly
0: like i think that's such an interesting sort of on the sly way to introduce a lot of concepts we understand about star wars Mm -hmm. right like i feel like there's always been a question of like why wouldn't normal people like serve the empire uh and now we get to see and like you know we get to see later in this episode as well like the reasons for that and Mm -hmm. like you know how the empire has done what it has for so long without people rebelling is because like people really do understand and believe that the empire is providing them with you know, things, safety, et cetera, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's really interesting in this concept of loyalty. Um, it's just again like I I love seeing these like concepts in in story like things that it's like oh yes we're of course going to sort of dive into that and and unpack it uh that feel like so much more grown up than what we've gotten in in Clone Wars right yeah
1: but they're done in such a palatable way yeah it's it's so
0: (laughs) refreshing I
1: love that we're we're not being hit over the head with um the Empire's cruelness yeah because obviously we know that they're very cruel and they're the bad guys right we know this they've been set up that way but we're getting to see a little bit more inner workings about how insidious they are and uh, what sort of conspiratorial sort of plans they have. It's very. It's fleshing out this villain organization in such a, a good, good way.
0: Yeah. And it's. It just feels more. Not necessarily relatable, but believable. Like, yeah. again, we've sort of um, coasted away from. They're bad. Like, they're. I mean, they're space Nazis. But, like, that concept of, like, the only necessarily reason that we have for them to be bad is just like they kind of are bad by nature Mm -hmm. like i I think we kind of get more of the nuance in this show of like they have plans and there are people who do believe in the empire and who are loyal to them like it's just it's a more interesting faceted way to see Mm -hmm. you know this organization i feel like we've been hit over the head with information about for for years and years and years
1: exactly um the the other thing in this scene is that we get to see crosshair being assigned to a new squad yes of Um, these recruits yes this that's at the very end of this i was like i and they uh this is um this is rampart's sort of protege squad i'm gonna say pet pet project this is (laughs) sort of like i I, this is my prototype um for my (laughs) for my presentation (laughs) 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 to try to impress tarkin yeah anyway
0: um, okay, and then we, we jump back to the Marauder, which is actually like when we uh, get these dialogue lines between Hunter and Wrecker, right, that I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier, yeah. um, with him being very sort of um, a- affectionate in his own way or like caring in his own way um and then you know i I he
1: he, (laughs) he just he takes his job as leader of this uh, squad very very seriously
0: yeah and it's refreshing right and it's not in like a I want to i want power i want to be in charge way which is like what we saw kind of with crosshair in the first episode it's very just like well i you know have a duty to take care of these people and like you know i mean
1: cares about them this is his family exactly
0: um But I do really like, we were talking about this when we watched the episode, that like, you know, Wrecker can't go on this mission, right? Because he's clearly not doing great at Uh this point in time. And so Hunter's like, oh, I'll go alone. And Omega's like, no, 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 I'll go with you, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you know, you you let me be a part of this crew. I want to be a part of this crew and help. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that she says that. And then Hunter tech and echo all look at each other and they're just like well okay like i
1: love that like hunter easily could have been like no this is dangerous you again need to stay here. you're a child yeah you're, you're like 10 He's like like
0: okay i love that these three adults who are like very smart yeah. were like could not refute a 10 year old's argument well, i think it's less that they
1: could not, <laughs> and they did and they not. Were, i think probably hunter was just so floored by her moxie yeah Uh, and and her floored by her moxie is such a great (laughs) phrase and probably is like since they they had that conversation about crosshair like he's probably really feeling the the absence of his of his old friend who who presumably would have been the one to go with him on this mission um and so he's like okay we'll see let's see what you got it's an opportunity for training right yeah
0: and it's just i don't know it I, I love that I love that like it isn't again it could have been a situation where it's like no I'm you know you're a child right Him like, trying to be like macho man
1: and like I think yeah, this and, like, even more so reflects his like he's confident in his own abilities to keep her safe too because yeah, like, if he wasn't he would be like you're staying here
0: yeah and like I also think it's again another way that we see like Hunter and the Batch like valuing Omega and like for her skill even though she's a child right but like she's shown something to them and like that her she, commitment to yeah she cares yeah. right and like I love that they're kind of like honoring that instead of like being like no 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 like you're a child you can't do this right. it's like no like children can and we've seen in star wars children really can yeah um yeah it's just a, a good part so anyway you know they finish yeah. up these
1: conversations then head out so they go to retrieve their um missing capacitor we also get introduced to cordially to the ordo moon dragon <laughs> which oh, is sweet this, baby which is this uh mysterious creature big lizard yeah um she's very cute she
0: is very cute um yeah and then once again we're back to camino like i love that these these really little parts that we're getting and, and again like it's cool because we've had these conversations now about like you know we've seen familial relationships and then we g- get shot back into cr- now Crosshair and yeah. his new squad in the med bay getting like checked over or whatever before I mean they go it's on very much
1: like Omega sort of cementing her place in this squad and then we see Crosshair cementing his place in the yeah
0: and, but it also is interesting so like okay jumping into right the next scene yes right where Crosshair and his squad are in mm-hmm. the med bay and they're getting looked over I'm pretty sure AZ is there who like oh, Crosshair's
1: not there it's, I think it's just the squad
0: is it just the squad mm-hmm. oh yeah because they're talking shit um <laughs> which they continue to do this entire episode or that one guy continues to talk shit that guy who sounds like a fallout (laughs) NPC. um but yeah we get to see more of their which I think was such an interesting I'm getting ahead of myself it's a really really interesting thing that they included this but we're getting to see the motivations of the recruited soldiers Mm -hmm. uh which is Wild, like I don't think we've ever like had what are effectively stormtroopers characterized in this way, where like this guy, the the lead guy, I don't, he doesn't have a name, he just has like a number. It's like ES01 or, or something. something. Um, he's just talking about how he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever they want you know but like why because they're giving me like you know three square meals a day and shelter and like you know that's enough to for loyalty and like Mm -hmm. i think that's such a cool like per our conversation earlier about like we're nuancing what we're seeing from the empire and the people Mm -hmm. who choose to serve it Mm -hmm. like it's not necessarily like that people don't know what they're doing is like shitty it's that like you know we live in a shitty world and like Mm -hmm. i want to you know i want to be able to like eat and (laughs) and have a
1: place i think it's really interesting that he makes notes specifically he's like that's more than the republic ever did yeah which i think the the whole i I don't think it's necessarily demonizing the republic obviously it's they're not painted as the bad guys but like we got introduced to this concept of like there being good people on both sides yeah. in in Clone Wars a lot. I think which there's literally a, I, a episode yeah, called like Heroes, Heroes on, on both, both sides, sides. <laughs> I, which I really appreciate. This nuance. There, I mean, they're not obviously the uh, the separatists were not uh, tantamount to the Empire, but but I do I do appreciate this. Like they're I, they're um, in Clone Wars. I think they introduced that concept very well because it's kind of a tedious balance right because yeah. we're looking at ahsoka is our proxy and so we're looking at it from her point of view which she's been sort of um indoctrinated by the jedi her whole life yeah and so she's seeing different sides of things but i that being said i think that they characterize the complicatedness of the empire in this episode really well yeah um which to me that concept boils down especially with his line um, that's more than Republic ever did for me. It really boils down to this concept of like, what is better being cared for, being taken care of having three square meals a day and a roof over your head or the ability to choose having this freedom because yeah. under the empire, all planets are sort of like becoming the same. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. they homogenized. Whereas, yeah. Which whereas like Republic, you have more chaos and a little more instability, because you're they're allowing these planets to retain a lot of their like yeah. their their self uh, identity yeah um which i think is a really interesting like philosophical concept and i mean it's a concept that's been debated for a long time obviously like sure. what's better the, the freedom free will <laughs> free, free will freedom uh individuality or you know uh being safety s- yeah being uh provided for yeah it, and it's an interesting question and then i I applaud them that it, they don't necessarily say the empire is the only way to do this or what. Or... Yeah.
0: It is a, a facet again of, of these things. Yeah. I, I do really like that as well. I think um, I, I forgot to write that line down, but it's such a good line because uh, I feel like, and we've talked about this a lot. Uh, it is really interesting to sort of, dive into the concept that the republic is and was not holistically good or like the jedi were not wholly good you know like this concept of good and evil like breaking down that binary into you know facets of you know and i keep saying the word facets but like gray areas it's just it's just nice that again and in clone wars we do get this right with the episodes like heroes on both sides which is like you know and we get to see uh the the separatist you know it's the what is it something of independent planets Um, uh
1: the confederacy of independent independent planets planets, yeah
0: Yeah. um you know we get to see that those are real people who want to just like be able to govern their own Mm -hmm. planets right and like it's interesting that we get to see it's not just like oh it's count dooku in charge of like a droid army and like people who are connected to the sith it's just like there are people who just legitimately don't want to be part of a republic they want to continue to govern their own planets and like
1: you know it was so interesting because they by by itself i don't think the separatists are quote-unquote bad no they are just sort of like we don't want to be part of the republic yeah. but you see the <laughs> the insidiousness of the sith in that they're using this this galaxy-wide divide to garner power yeah
0: and they're doing it on both sides yeah like, exactly it, it's just i don't know so again i like that we're introduced to these not necessarily introduced to these concepts but these concepts are reinforced to us and they introduce us to a philosophical conversation which uh, you know grows throughout time in these in in bad batch mm-hmm. um and then, yeah, so after that, after they talk, after we see them, um, Llamacy, Rampart, and Tarkin w- once again sort of argue about the concept of, like, or, or the the pros and cons of, like, recruited soldiers versus clones, yeah. right? Which I think we get you, to now see.
1: You kind of see Tarkin being the, the figure here that has the angel and the devil on his shoulder <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. I mean, that's a little bit of an oversimplification. Yeah. But, um, you know, Nala says they're insisting that the clone program is the best. And, of yeah. course, you want, like, a, you know dedicated soldiers and, and Rampart on the other side being like, well, what's the point? You've already won the war. Yeah. You're not, you don't need the skill. You need to garner loyalty. loyalty. Who's going to rebel if their brothers and fathers and sisters and mothers are part of this army?
0: Yeah. Like it's just, uh, and it's, you know, obviously this conversation is kind of not necessarily redundant because we've already kind of introduced this co- concept, but like it is uh, continuing to put pressure on Lamasu and the, and the mm-hmm. Kaminoans, which becomes uh, uh, something that we discover later in the episode.
1: I think it's a topic that needs more than one conversation. Yeah, absolutely. even though they're little, we get little little chunks snippets. of conversation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know Crosshair and his crew, who he has you know now been introduced to, are sent to Onderon right to, I, to finish a mission yeah, he started. Right? I
1: love that they get assigned to Onderon in the first episode, and they don't, they can't finish that mission. Uh, they refuse to finish it um and and Tarkin's almost like all right here's your second shot if you don't do this you're done
0: and not to mention I mean this is uh you know we have another interlude before we get there but like the fact that we get to now see it like you know the first time they went to Onderon they did it kind of Hunter's way and the second time they go to Onderon they do it it Crosshair's way and it is and it is maybe some of the more cruel things we've seen in Star Wars yeah like
1: very surprised by the amount of cruelty we see on screen
0: it's like like, and what's wild, too, is, like, we it's kind haunting. of joke about this. I mean, this is a wild way to start this sentence. But, like, we um, oh, have said before, it's wild how many people you see die on screen in Clone Wars. Like, specifically jumping off of things. Mm-hmm. um, To the point where it's just, like, strange almost. Mm-hmm. But, like, in this, like, I mean, that's cruel. That's hard to see. But, like, this is what they, you know, show us later is,
1: like... um overwhelmingly wildly yeah, horrible it really is it's it's immense crosshair um at his character very well um
0: but in between that we have a very interesting conversation back on yeah. back on ordo moon uh now with hunter and omega tracking the the moon dragon the moon dragon the, the, moon the pretty dragon. lady lizard
1: <laughs> um yeah omega basically i don't remember how i don't remember how they get on to crosshairs.
0: I mean, I think they're just walking and Omega is like, what the fuck is up with you? <laughs> but in, um, She's like, hey, dad. Hey, what the fuck? Um, I don't know if she, I can't remember if she's like apologizes or something for, you know, bringing up the subject of crosshair earlier, but they do end up
1: talking about the inhibitor chips. Yeah. And she's basically like, it's not his fault. Like, you know, don't blame him. Um, don't be angry at him. Um, and Hunter very sweetly just says, I'm hangry at myself. Uh, we don't leave our own behind i just really
0: i love to the the mirror of this conversation to omega and crosshairs conversation in the first episode right Mm -hmm. where it's like please don't do this like i know you don't want to do this like i'm you know i I know you don't have a choice in this right and like Mm -hmm. i love that omega uh, omega really sticks to this like Mm -hmm. for you know as long as we see is just like you know it's not his fault like don't be angry with him like he doesn't mean to do this like Mm -hmm. she's very like she she's always going after like you know a compassion, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm.
1: But it's a very short little scene, and I I I am thinking. I mean, it's it's interesting that they put this little conversation here between these two. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, scenes of the Empire on Camino, and then and then Crosshair. The next scene is Crosshair on, and it's Quat on on Um, I, you just see this growing divide between the characterizations of Hunter and Crosshair. Um, with Hunter just being the, the very stalwart leader, very, you know, this is what we do. We are family. We don't leave, you know, anyone behind. Uh, and Crosshair basically, in, in his, uh, with with not so many words, saying, uh, fuck you. Yeah. I'm my own thing now. Yeah. And I'm going to be better than you ever were. Yeah. It's, it's like, we don't have any, like, Jedi in this. No. <laughs> in this uh, show, but you still very clearly see these lines of like goodwill of the jedi and the hatred and the jealousy of the sith like the as concepts yeah Um, it it
0: is like it's been um reflected onto them and i do appreciate that they've
1: done that without jedi or any talk of the force or it works so
0: well and i hope to god that going forward in this series they continue to keep that out of it yeah i mean why would you bring it in unless it's like a one episode well, cameo or something but like yeah conceptually it, it's there and you don't need like these uh hero big hero characters right to to
1: ferry it along well because of like just according to Star Wars lore right the forts exists and everything right yeah. so these these as these themes are as much Jedi themes as they are human themes yeah. and like people themes it across is the inherently how people work right right,
0: right. um but yeah I, I love that like kind of as this episode progresses we get like shorter and shorter little snapshots of conversations that are like mm-hmm. echoing each other it's
1: very very good
0: um yeah and and,
1: and then we're on Onderon right so yes they're, they're assigned to finish this mission they get there so we have saw saw i think in the first episode that he was they were leaving so yeah. it's just sort of like a a, um, a little cell of his organization is left
0: interestingly though there's also just civilians there well because right? they're
1: trying to get people off, off of the uh, planet yeah. yeah so there's civilians um crosshairs oh wait what no, that's not it yet. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is and it isn't. So we see them. Uh, <laughs> this hysterical ass <laughs> conversation is what happens. The, these and things like, happen so quickly that I'm like it, they get so muddled. Yeah. like not
0: in like a bad way, but it's just like it's almost like my brain just connects the pieces that are connected.
1: This episode is a lot more fast paced than the previous episode. Yeah, but I would say. So. I wouldn't say like it's still well paced. Like yeah. for what it is,
0: it, it's not like it doesn't feel overwhelming, but it is really funny. That like I was doing this yesterday too, and I was trying to write notes where mm-hmm. it's just like. I don't even know where things stop and start because we're we're flowing so like rapidly yes. and well through the points of this
1: episode. Um, no, excuse me. Yeah, we we have we see them in their like transport um, ship, uh, and the, the asshole I, guy. I love this just, line so what much. What does he say? He's, he's like, like,
0: "Why is this guy in charge of us anyway? Said, Why, who put him in charge?" or Whatever. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> five <laughs> feet in front of Crosshair. And Crosshair's like,
1: "I'm right here." <laughs> yeah i laugh so hard at that (laughs) i mean they're characterizing this guy very quickly as like an asshole like a huge asshole well sort of as like a um a a challenge to crosshair's power too right which i mean
0: we've seen before as well
1: well it's obviously the the like the end the end of this conversation the line is like uh in well and you enjoy being commander for now like we'll see how things shake out you know and and you kind of see in crosshair's eyes like things aren't going to shake out like He's like, this I'm is- going to do what I yeah, need I was- to do.
0: There's kind of like a-, a resolute nature to Crosshair where he's like,
1: you know, I. this is what I wanted in a way. Yeah, I'm going to do it. It's the first time Crosshair gets command and he is immediately challenged. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which Which, i think again very parallel stories between omega cementing her place in the bad batch and crosshair cementing his place as the leader that he always wanted to be also
0: like obviously again as we talked about previously i love that this very much harkens back to the first episode where like they go to Onderon and then like you know while they're there when they're leaving hunter and crosshair essentially are fighting about like command Mm -hmm. right and crosshair is like you know i i mean maybe you shouldn't be the leader and then you know Flash forward however long it's been, yeah. and we now have Crosshair being a leader and, and yeah. being given the same opportunity. And it's like,
1: okay, when push comes to shove, what are you going to do in this situation? Yeah, we, and, and we get to see it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I think that scene ends up with the, uh, the Rebels getting ambushed by Crosshair and his squad. Okay, back to Ordo Moon. Um, so Hunter and Omega, they do find the capacitor. Um, they're missing part that they need <clears throat> to get their ship working. Um, but the moon dragon, the beautiful lady lizard, uh <laughs> <laughs> ambushes them and, and Hunter like loses his respirator and passes out. Um Which I I was gonna bring up a design thing. We could talk about it later. Okay. I have it written down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which prompts Omega to go after the dragon on her. I I mean, this is very action heavy. So like, it's just sort of like, this is what happens in order to get to the next part. It doesn't
0: necessarily feel like uh, in this part, there's like a huge sort of takeaway, but Mm -hmm. I I do like that. We're getting to see Omega not necessarily like taking charge and she's like giddy about it. She's like, oh yes, finally I get to prove my worth. But she does like uh, have this sort of resolve of like, yes this is what needs to be done i guess i'll do it
1: well and like so she's very uh, a nurturing person um as well as she's been able to watch hunter be the leader that he is right and so it's it's very interesting because it sort of is mirroring the way that like uh crosshair functions where he's doing it because he's jealous and he wants the notoriety and the power and the glory or whatever um, and she is basically mirroring Hunter in that, like, oh, this is my family. I'm taking care of them. Yeah. I'm going to do what needs
0: to be done regardless. Right. right. Yeah. So that we can all be safe and escape.
1: Yeah. Um. And
0: and then we go back to... I,
1: I do really like... Sorry. Yeah, um, no, it's okay. <laughs> I do really like that the last scene on Onderon gets... Uh, it, it starts with the rebels being ambushed by yeah. Crosshair and his and, crew. And then we jump into this very action heavy scene on the moon. Yeah. Um, it has a way of keeping its pacing. Exactly. As I was going to say, yeah. it's very, um, it's not stop and go. It's very like, yeah, these two narratives are paralleling each other in, in a very good way.
0: Yeah, it's they had a, a very delicate sort of dance balance going on here where they don't like go up and down. Yeah, you don't have with like the, the like how fast we're going through things. You, yeah. you don't
1: have like the the action on 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 being undercut by like an emotional moment on the moon because yeah. like the, the opposite of what we yeah, always talk just about. <laughs> sort of like you're getting like a weird whiplash with this episode. You're not. It's yeah. it's very. They have a way of like heightening the pace and the stakes as the episode goes on, <laughs> as they should, right? Because it's supposed to be like you know yeah. a whole episode, but. It, reminds me a lot of um i mean i guess mostly just in concept but you know that scene in moulin rouge have you seen that movie yes we've watched that movie uh, okay. together <laughs> i can't remember because i feel like it's i mean been it's, a while. it's been a while but like but I, I have seen it yet. the scene where Satine goes to um have dinner with the duke and like presumably sleep with him um so that they, they can uh, then run away together uh i'm forgetting his name christian was like i was Ewan like mcgregor, McGregor yeah. um and he's so she's there with the duke and he's at the Moulin Rouge with the rest of the crew, um, and they start singing that really fucking good rendition of Roxanne, um, <laughs> and it's like mirroring like as things get more chaotic in this dance number that they're in with Roxanne. Things start getting like way more chaotic with the Duke and teen uh it just like i've always very very floored by that scene where you yeah. get these like really fast cuts between the two yeah. and it's just like ramping up that, ramping up ramping up that movie
0: is a uh, really well composed it's in, a fucking
1: masterpiece in
0: how they cut between scenes um and in with music anyway, um, it reminds me a lot of that which yeah is yeah say, very sure. satisfying to watch yeah absolutely um but yeah so back on yeah back on back just, on deron so this this sort of like attack on the straggling rebels has already begun as we saw in the previous scene with them Mm -hmm. um and now it's just like overwhelming odds Mm -hmm. like i uh, we kind of get to see the how the empire operates right which Mm -hmm. is just going in and wiping people out
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: uh and we do actually get a longer scene which is very telling Mm -hmm. what happens right so like the rebels are trying to get away like you know their pilot gets shot down Uh, all of the people who didn't make it into the ship are killed and then they sort of uh, open the ship uh, a cargo door to the last Mm -hmm. couple of people to question them I
1: love the part when the pilot jumps into the seat and you're like oh yeah they're gonna get away and then like very calmly Crosshair walks up and just like shoots that guy is that Crosshair? yeah okay I I was having a hard time I think their only distinction is like
0: the way their helmets are a little bit or like their armor because
1: you get this shot of like
0: it's down the barrel of a gun
1: i don't remember if it's that it might be um but you you see the shot of the um pilot in this like little glass cage and then it cuts immediately (laughs) also known as the cockpit (laughs) i I know but i just think it's odd that it's glass yeah i guess maybe these ships aren't meant to be in like deep space but maybe they're like something where visibility would be they look more
0: akin to the like republic drop ships yeah exactly Uh,
1: anyway, <laughs> <Low-class cage. laughs> he's stuck there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you see that shot and then you immediately see a shot of like a crosshair walking towards, there's a very shot, very menacing
0: shot after that, where you see the person who shot, I think it's crosshair. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like I saw like a, a less big gun, but I think it was like very he has foreshortened. A, um, yeah. He has it a, wasn't a pistol. It was oh, like okay. a, a blaster. I'm pretty sure
1: it's crosshair. I I'm, mean, I can
0: check, but anyway, regardless, you do you do see him walking in um which sets up like a really what we were re- referring to earlier what is a a rather horrible turn of events where we get to see crosshair be i would say some of the the most cruel we've seen in like a star wars situation, yeah, where like you know he's questioning one of the what we find out are are well he actually is questioning a um
1: it's a, a rebel yeah.
0: first right and she's just like he says where's Saul yeah and she's like I don't know uh and she's if like, I did know I, I wouldn't, wouldn't tell you. you and then before she's even done talking he shoots her point blank which is wild and he's like I believe you yeah like I think that's such an interesting telling line of like he is so to the point, so utilitarian in his actions, uh, even with how cruel they are. Yeah, he's I, like, I believe
1: you. Therefore, you have nothing. You about, have no worth. You to have me. no worth to me. Therefore, you're dead. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I it's just wild. Like it, it
0: get, and it gets worse, right? So mm-hmm. like, you know, then he questions like two people who are, you know, the, uh, reveal that they're not rebels. They just were trying to like secure transport off planet. Yeah. Um. And uh, essentially. Uh, he deems all these people who are left to be useless, right? Like Saw Guerrera is mm-hmm. not there. Um, yeah, so finish the job. Just so kill everyone. F- yeah, so finish the job. All of these people are insurgents to mm-hmm. him, right? Yeah. Um, and then we get that one asshole guy <laughs> being like, I didn't sign up for this.
1: Like, I-, I think it's interesting that we-, we kind of see this. Um, I mean, we previously established him as uh, beholden to the Empire for giving him um food and shelter. And- yeah you know, th- a, pr- a this purpose soldier. Right. Yeah. So you would think that he'd be all in. Right. Yeah. But like, um, there is somehow still a line, but he says we signed up be soldiers, not an execution squad. So like, there's still this line there that, um, cause he, I guess we, we, in other words, we see him painted as sort of like a normal fellow. Um, despite his like, you know, supposed loyalty to the empire, but like, he's not far gone. He just thinks he basically, he thinks the empire is something that it's not. Yeah. Um, and uh you know and then we get that <laughs> he he turns around and starts giving the other crew orders Quarters. which i can't imagine <laughs> from crosshair's pov being like i'm at." he's seething he's like how the fucking dare you yeah
0: right where he's like finally been given command and like the second time now this guy's undermining but his he command. does
1: it in such a crosshair way which yeah. is so cold and calculating it's yeah. very good characterization he-
0: I mean, he's so villain coded. We Mm -hmm. talked about this, but like, he has a way of like literally being so like snake-like in Mm -hmm. in the way that he acts Mm -hmm. and his actions and his choices and stuff. But yeah, I love, um, you know, his line, which I believe is the one that you wrote down here, where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you want to know why they put me in charge? It's because I'm willing to do what needs to be done, Mm -hmm. and like, and then immediately shoots and then shoots that guy. Uh, and and like, so we've you know, crosshairs shot two people point blank, like just in like under five minutes yeah and like i I think it's kind of like this horrible like dance of like his uh, atrocity right and like again we get to see at the top of this episode you know the batch being like you know we miss him and omega being like don't blame him he's not in control of his capacities but like you know uh and then we immediately get to see crosshair being like overwhelmingly cruel and like also not not even like in a robotic way, mm-hmm. which like I love that. At the end of that line, he says, "Good soldiers follow orders." Like I love, I love that he we does, get that he even... horrifying line over and over and over
1: again. We do, and it's it's sort of become his weird mantra because yeah. like the first time we hear him say it, he fares, he seems very strained. He says it through gritted teeth, like he can't control himself. This this is like willing. He's good soldiers follow or- orders. It is
0: like something that he has is holding on to. Yeah, right. Uh, and I and I love that. Right. It's the juxtaposition of like he he doesn't mean to do this like there's there's hope for him right and then mm-hmm. he him kind of cementing that this is the way that he wants to do things it's mm-hmm. it is in a way choice
1: i think it's also interesting that we see um we, we just get that parallel of like he goes he kills this soldier because this soldier was disobeying orders essentially and like yeah. m- saying fuck you i'm the leader now um and i think we get a little glimpse of what he maybe was feeling when hunter was disobeying those orders in the first episode on under on um not saying that he would have killed hunter he obviously has more respect for hunter um which is that like he, he doesn't disobey hunter even though he's like we need to finish our job which i think is very interesting in the yeah. first episode but um
0: but yeah with people he has no like emotional connection to he's like well you don't need to be here
1: like yeah and it's like is that you know his own sort of It it is the quandary again. Yeah, again the 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 quandary that you get almost this entire season, which is is it him or is it the chip? Yeah, is he really this cruel or is he
0: being controlled holistically? And like you know, is it in a way that like is more persuasive than it was with the regs, right? Where it's like the regs became robots, but like Mm -hmm. in in crosshairs, it's something different, right? Yeah, it's a good question. And then like uh, I love that like the other members of the squad, the other recruits, are just like, oh shit okay um I mean, what
1: are like
0: <laughs> what do you do truly, truly because your
1: leader of your squad just said oh you're gonna be insubordinate i'm gonna kill you yeah it's like how do you like that
0: uh, again it's do interesting you be
1: insubordinate again <laughs>
0: that like th- this is kind of how the empire gains loyalty exactly. which is like choice but also fear yeah. um which is very obviously empire mm-hmm. um but yeah and then they do again like another heinous act which is that crosshair and you know orders them and he also does to just kill these people like these refugees essentially to execute refugees yeah. uh and what i one of the squad members has like a flamethrower too like it's just like uh, again overwhelmingly cruel that we see obviously we don't see anything on screen i think we just but, see like
1: a close-up of his helmet a crosshair's helmet yeah, as they're like firing shots yeah which yeah. is almost so much more haunting than like yeah yeah like, like, I really, I mean, obviously this is, like, a, an all audiences show, so they can't show, like, gory things. Yeah, which, they can't show, like, burned but, corpses. But again, it almost, like, makes them be more creative with how yeah. hard-hitting these moments are going to have to be, right? Because, like, there's, they don't have the shock value of gore. No. Um, which I would argue, like, has its place, but is not... Yeah, people we've, get we've lazy and they rely on... We've talked about
0: this before when it comes to animation yeah. that's, or shows that are, you know, for, for older audiences where you yeah. kind of uh, set,
1: you know... Just because you can have a shock value of gore doesn't mean that, that you, you should, should, right? Or doesn't mean that it's the best way to, to, to paint your point.
0: Yeah, so, like, I love that we get to see his helmet because, like, we're not... This concept of like being able to see someone's eyes, right, is like very humanizing. I like that we're seeing sort of his eyes, but it's like his helmet, right? It's like completely black. We're, There's nothing there. We're
1: seeing his his identity that he uh, just it's him. It's it's his um the concept of crosshair, right? Yeah. The helmet with the the crosshair on it. It's he is he believes himself to be a soldier. This is his identity.
0: Yeah. Um and and then we go right back to Omega, right? <laughs> Omega is now on her own mm-hmm. on this moon. Like, again, it's wild that we um we have sort of the shock of, like, this horrible, heinous act happening, and then we immediately go to Omega being Omega. She's exploring. She's, like, doing what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. It is kind of, like, again, that childish wonder, but it's also this, like, duty and, like, passion mm-hmm. and, and love that she's, like, acting out of, and yeah. it just, oh, it's so good. Like, like Hunter and, and Crosshair are foils, character foils to each other. We've talked about but I love that in this episode, Crosshair and Omega become foils to each yeah. other. Yeah. What do we call it? The um, foil um, triumvirate. The
1: foil triumvirate. Yeah, exactly. They all play off each other at different points. Yeah. Um So she's um trying to find this part that the dragon has um taken. Side note, I really do love the design of this dragon and I also love yeah. the uh lore that it feeds off of raw energy. Yeah, it's like just so funny.
0: Eats parts. It's very Star Wars. <laughs> like I was going to talk about this later, but we, I We can still talk about it later. Yeah, I was just like I love the design of this dragon. It's very fun.
1: Um but she um she kind of outsmarts it and realizes that um it doesn't like being uh like in the light. In the light, and she realizes that she can swap the flashlight she has. Um, she can kind of play fetch with it a little bit and, yeah. and then get the part. So uh, she does. Once that. again,
0: proving the the best way to create a creature in a show is to just make it have dog behaviour. It's a dog. It's, it's a, a lizard. A, it's dog. a big dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um which yeah, she's she's a l she's a little smarty. Um, yeah
0: i do love again like it it just kind of keeps the pace going and mm -hmm. it obviously you know helps us wrap up our our little storyline in this episode Mm -hmm. um i i do just really like being able to see omega be smart and capable right again it's not she's not a child that needs to be saved if anything Mm -hmm. she just saved hunter's ass so (laughs) um like i like that we're you know cementing her as like not just like a member of this crew because like the adults wanted to have her there yeah. or like they took pity on her. She's a member of this crew because she is like a valuable asset. She's she's, she's a capable. member of this crew in
1: her own right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love the part when she crawls out of the tunnel. Like Hunter wakes up and he's just like, "Holy shit! Where's where is she? Oh my god! I've lost her!" Um, like I lost my ten year old, freaking out as the leader of this of this crew. Um and she's just like i'm over here like i got it and she like he pulls her out of the um the, the tunnel the whole, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like i lo- he spends so much time just like are you okay oh my god <laughs> i love which is which is an appropriate place to find this worry that he has right yeah. like what we were talking about earlier on the ship like he's not worried about her he's not being this macho man uh whatever um
0: he's not being overwhelming
1: yeah um but in this case we're like he didn't know what happened to her she's gone there's a there's monster a monster like it, it's appropriately it's appropriate worry
0: yeah and i love i love the line that she says or like you know what she says to him which is just like oh well i got the capacitor back that was the mission wasn't it mm-hmm. And he was like oh my uh, he, like i don't think he says anything he's like oh my god is that my blaster and she's like don't worry i didn't have to use it like i love how she delivers that line i love that line like i like that she she took it and then hunter is just like oh my god a- you have a gun you shouldn't have a gun she's like i didn't have to use it like also like it's coming just a off very good heels, like familial
1: banter it is also coming off the heels of like yeah i didn't the have to cruelty that uh crosshair just ex- uh, exemplified um very yeah very yeah i is
0: i kind of put this in our like character note section mm-hmm. but like i love that like you know we get to see in like previous episodes uh, omega's very like childlike wonder about the world around her i love that we also get to cement her as someone who is like overwhelmingly kind mm-hmm. like she had the means to just shoot and attack
1: this lizard mm-hmm. but realize it's just a creature like the rest of us like her, her curiosity means... overtook the yeah the, she wasn't as she wasn't afraid
0: no, she has, like, an overwhelming, like, compassion, which mm-hmm. I think is really lovely, again, I- in conjunction with Crosshair, who has, like, no compassion, mm-hmm. no means to save mm-hmm. anyone if they're going to not do what he needs them to do. He
1: straight up shot two people, like, human point people, blank. point yeah. blank, and she could have she- shot she this monster. She had the opportunity and did not. Uh, them, and didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. The- you know the reason to right like it was yeah. you know she's pointing a flashlight at it and it was like snarling at her and you know being scary yeah you know she could have shot it to in self-defense and she did not she chose to find another way
1: and again it's it's this it's this oh. continuation of the the themes of like yeah exactly sort of the light side dark side but yeah you see it very humanized
0: Uh, again but it's like and right it's the themes that we've seen but it's like the batch gets to choose what's in their nature and Mm -hmm. not in their nature anymore like they yeah they were programmed to fight battles and and be violent but like not unlike omega they have the choice to you Mm -hmm. know use kindness compassion Mm -hmm. uh to to go throughout their lives i love i love this show (laughs) it's very
1: good um okay so let's return to camino crosshair squad is returning they're uh, one member short <laughs> yeah
0: which uh Tarkin does make note of I believe
1: yeah but I think Rampart says something like well they finished the mission yeah so, like, exactly whatever. it's it's uh enforcing the utilitarian yeah nature of um, the squad yeah and then Tarkin is impressed and says yeah I, I'm gonna give you a go-ahead for war mantle um Rampart so we sort of see Rampart become he comes into his own as this as the primary villain yeah uh, like
0: and we were talking about this, I think, off of a recording at some point, but like that it feels like Tarkin should be the primary villain in this. I mean, he he's kind of like the ghost of a primary villain. Like I mean, he's not he's, super central. Yeah. Uh, So instead we get to see Rampart, who is, uh, again, a little bit more humanized of a character than Tarkin, who's kind of ghoulish at I'm, this point. He,
1: he is ghoulish. I'm calling Rampart the primary villain because of his um, because of this operation war mantle where yeah. he's basically he's central his role. His, go- his goal is to oust as many clones as he can right which is is in direct opposition to plot a of that we've come up with which is just the batch trying to survive right yeah. he is basically there to stamp out their existence he doesn't want them there um so that that's why i'm calling him the the primary villain versus like obviously we know tarkin is bad news he is a villain in his own right we but, already know about him too but he is not set up as a direct opposition in in direct opposition for our main characters he's just kind of a
0: kind of like how the emperor is uh uh uh, we know of him but he's not necessarily always like a super central player in like the original movies like he becomes a central player but like well yeah that's why he's the
1: primary villain and then vader would be the secondary villain because of the connection that vader and luke have yeah they're they're more set up as like as
0: like one-to-one yeah protagonist antagonist yeah um but yeah, and then uh we get a scene with just Nalise and Lama Sue, mm-hmm. the Kaminoans, and they I, I like that uh, you know, obviously they've obviously, as we've been seeing, <laughs> they've so. had pressure added to them, you know, by the Empire, because, you know, Rampart is very convincing in mm-hmm. his argument. And obviously we've just now seen Tarkin be like, Yeah, go ahead with your project. Um, that they're now feeling like they're in hot water mm-hmm. and, and this is sort of the push and pull, right? Of like, oh mm-hmm. no, like we have to struggle to stay relevant in the eyes of the empire. Uh like they're just common ones. I think are just like cloning people. Like pre, before, like, before the Clone Wars, I, I think they were also doing this. Yeah, stuff. I think
1: they had like scientific endeavors, and then obviously when the when yeah, and then they got S- paid. Master Sifidius, <laughs> Oh my god, uh, commissioned this. They were like let's Sifid- switch our whole deal. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote Cyphadias. Um. Anyway, um, yeah. No, this conversation is interesting between them because it 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 drops another breadcrumb that yeah. we get to see come to fruition in the yeah. rest of the season which is um the dna sample from django continues to degrade um how can we make more clones to show that we are superior if we don't have the um yeah the DNA es- that we essentially need essentially
0: in order to because they y- Lama sue no Nala Se's current project right i guess is you know is the enhanced clones they're her mm-hmm. sort of project and so like Lama sue's like okay like you need to continue because we need to make an enhanced clone that will be useful to the empire right and they're like ah shit though our our Django sample yeah. well first of all he's dead now so we can't get <laughs> any more and we we need you know a, a pure sample of dna yeah. and i like i like that from these enhanced clones and we get the breadcrumb of we only need one, one. uh yeah i do uh, again it's like we're we're Continuing to like sort of find nuance in our mm-hmm. like sea plots and stuff, which I think keeps everything really interesting and, and makes it sort of this delicate dance between uh, points. Mm-hmm.
1: Back to the Marauder for the for, for the, the last, last scene. scene. Um. So we're so finally able to complete yeah, repairs on the peasy, ship. Repairs on the Just ship happen. Put it back in. Where <laughs> it came from. <laughs> um, and then I I love the ending because I I. We've already talked about how Wrecker staying on the ship was um, sort of a plot device for Omega to um, come with Hunter and Yeah, for and them have to this. have like time. Yeah. Um, but it's I love how they didn't just leave Wrecker on the ship and he just sort of like twiddled wasn't his doing anything. Yeah. We see that when they come back he's like, Oh Omega Omega, I have something to show you um, and he made her sort of a a little room in the gunner's station. <laughs> um which is very sweet and obviously the first part of the episode was yeah it's yeah she doesn't even have a place to sleep so it's finishing up that very sweetly um and i love that she says i never had my own room before and then um does hunter say i believe so i think hunter says well you're a part of this squad now too which is i think what she says to him when she's trying to convince him to let her go i'm part of this squad too Yeah. yeah
0: um and I love I I called this out the second time we were watching the episode. I love once again the character animation in the background is so good. I love that we see Echo and Tech walk up and Echo mm-hmm. uh, puts his hand on Wrecker's shoulder mm-hmm. and gives him like a little like approving nod. Like you like, did a good job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like how, how He's he, such a mom. Weird he is. I love him. Um we are creating such good relationships with characters non verbally. Like non-verbally just verbally with character animation. Just it it makes everything so sweet to watch it over again because you get to start picking up all of these like little interactions. Well,
1: and it it characterizes them so well because it's not a very heavy handed like it's a, it, we're not witnessing the bad batch get to know each other. We are, we are. We're in it. We're <laughs> we're voyeurs in moments which um establish that they are already a good yeah team, a good family.
0: And I like in these moments too, like we get to just establish their individuality too. Like I, I do like that, you know, we don't have necessarily a lot of lines with like Wrecker, Tech, and Echo um, in, in this episode, but I like that we're, you know, uh, in many ways establishing Echo as kind of like the utilitarian responsible one where uh, establishing Tech as someone who's like, I have, a you know, things take priority and mm-hmm. like this is important. So I, you know, regardless of the consequences, I have to do this and Wrecker and is, you know, becoming very sweet. Yeah. Um, it, It's just a nice way to like, Uh, characterize an ensemble crew without it being overwhelming Mm -hmm. um I also I realized Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't remember where this comes in but we can this is helpful when it comes to uh you know talking about characters which I'd love to sort of transition to um Crosshair, which I know is at the bottom of our list, but I wanted to bring well, it up. This, this list is in no particular order. <laughs> I obviously we see a lot from him this episode, mm-hmm. um, but I did want to talk about one part that I think we skipped over, which is that uh, there is just like the shortest little scene of when uh, you know Crosshair's new squad gets back to Camino. They're assigned the same quarters that the batch had, mm-hmm. um, and I love that it's it, it it is again sort of this like rewriting the past, and like it's now in sort of Crosshair's. Uh, point of view i suppose and mm-hmm. like you know but i i love that you know they go into this room all of their personal effects are gone obviously because they got rid of them but like I- including crosshairs own things mm-hmm. which like i don't think they necessarily you know the clones who came in and,
1: and cleaned everything out would have taken his stuff he's still there
0: i mean i mean we don't n-
1: know you're talking about when not in the first episode when they come in to move all their shit to the hangar.
0: No, just like I mean, they've clearly like cleaned in, it you out. You mean, in between
1: episodes. When yeah,
0: because okay. like you know, they didn't. They didn't get rid of like all of the <laughs> the graffiti that they've put yeah. on their bunks or the scratches in the wall. But Crosshair used to have like shooting range posters on yeah. his bunk, and those are gone. They're gone. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like he. it almost to me like it feels like in the background like he took those down himself like he's like no this part of my life is over i don't want to i don't want it to be around me anymore you
1: see him sort of integrating himself in the um homogeny of the empire rather than because previously like the bad batch members were like they were were all very unique we have our own you know, uh, strengths and and weaknesses. Um, And you see him sort of rejecting that in this.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, And I love, I love just like, again, non-verbally he sits down and it does look like he's sort of not necessarily like tussling with the emotions of it, but he does look a little dejected. Um, Yeah. And it's like, I, I, it is like still, he's still a person, right? It's still difficult to see almost like being haunted by the ghosts of of your own
1: decisions. Yeah. I think, I think it's less, haunted by regret and more haunted by the idea that like what they did. this should be me and my brothers exactly. here i don't i don't he like it doesn't I'm, seem
0: like he, he wants, has regret for him his own actions
1: yeah well we see this later in the season where he he likes what he's doing yeah, he, he thinks that this is what he was meant to do um and but he wanted his family there with him he wanted them to agree with him yeah um, he didn't want them to leave and have to ha- he have to find a new squad, right? Yeah,
0: I do. So I guess all that to say, I do like that we see almost like a little bit of an emotional response from him, and, yeah. non-verbally, obviously. Um, and it's just, again, it's such a choice to be like, you could have mm-hmm. put them in any quarters anywhere, but yeah. you decided to put them there. And I feel like that's even like a an interesting choice on the part of like the Empire or yeah. like the Kaminoans, whoever made that decision, right? Yeah. Where it's like, no, no, you who's still here, like you're loyal to us. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we are rewriting what was with something you know that's more in our vein of thought (laughs) uh
1: i want to bring up the interesting point of um the the numbers of each of these squads so we have the bad batch who always seem to have five members um and obviously like there were four and then echo joined um and we get to see his little hammock hung up yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is very funny um but like Oh, at, I get what you're getting at. The at the end of the first episode where obviously Crosshair stays on Camino and Omega joins, so they still have five members. Yeah. Like, um whereas Crosshair's squad had, had five, five members. members and he killed one of them. Um and I, I, I mean and, I don't and think And then
0: they fit right in
1: the bunks, right? right they, they fit four. in the bunks. <laughs> there's four. You don't have to have this extra, you know, and I I don't necessarily think that's like uh, Crosshair is like resentful of echo or anything i don't think it says that i think it just says that like he wants everything to go back the way that it was it's very it's very interesting to me i don't know that i have a a huge um pithy point to this but it's it's an interesting thing to think about again everything in animation is is intentional intentional. so it
0: would be really interesting to like see I'm, i'm assuming maybe in in the next season would be when we get to see this but like where crosshair thinks things started going wrong and like again i don't know he's not up to this point been like i really resent echo like (laughs) you know but it would be interesting if that was like mean to him yeah like if that was the start to him the start of everything going wrong where it's like well you're the reason you know you started you know the snowball down the hill that like you know we were perfect and then you started exactly um but it is really interesting that like he i mean he's the reason that the bad batch had four members and then omega joins so it was five again it's interesting mm-hmm. that he like yeah he does kill off essentially a member of his own squad yeah. and it returns to sort of this number of four
1: yeah I, um, like, again i don't think it's intentional in his part per se no but, but it the is very, animators very part,
0: planned the creators on the, of this
1: show yeah, on the part of the the creators and writers yeah. etc i just thought of that
0: <laughs> uh, that's uh, really great i love that um uh yeah i i mean uh, we we talked a lot about we did Omega, uh, Omega and Hunter, Hunter. Um, a- and the
1: Serado our, our three auxiliary friends you, at this point. I mean, do you? I'm just trying to think if I have anything interesting to say about Rampart
0: I, as well. No, I think we talked about him. We I mean, did. again, it's it's interesting that we get to see sort of a young up and coming mm-hmm. admiral, which is like a really
1: high rank. Um, I I do wonder. I think his his character is very intriguing to me. Um, I, I wonder because this is a very is the Empire is extremely fresh and new. It just How did he get here? How, how did he get here, exactly? Yeah. Like, is he sort of Tarkin's protege? Which I... Was he an officer in the Republic's army? Yeah, so that's what
0: I'm thinking, because this is kind of a, a random reference, but when I was watching um, Rebels uh, again, like, last week, there there is a part where um, Admiral Yularen is mm-hmm. in it, but he's obviously a lot older, mm-hmm. and I think he's, like, a colonel or something, but like, he was in the grand army of the Republic and like it did become the empire. So like he kept his rank. It's not like they like got rid of everyone. So I'm assuming that like, um, that Rampart was part of the Republic but in, in some mi- militant
1: capacity. Oh, well, of course. But it's interesting that he just uh, uh, all of a sudden threw his whole weight behind the Empire. Like, yeah. whereas I think everyone else was just like, okay, I guess yeah, this is like what's a, happening Yeah, it's like a weird now.
0: transition. Like, again, it would be interesting to see Rampart pre-Order 66 and, like, uh, presumably where in the Republic he was. And if he had, like, some sort of, like... Not descent, but like well, just some like sort what of shaped, doubt. What shaped his exactly? Where he got? Uh, where he's so yeah. willing to throw
1: everything into the yeah. empire
0: because throws hat in the ring with them.
1: I mean, he is not um painted as a very a particularly cruel person. No, like Tarkin is obviously like Nazi to the. To the T. To the T. To the top. Nazi. To the top. <laughs> <laughs> to the top. He's very Nazified. You're supposed to <laughs> look at him and go, ew. Yeah. And like, that's we've seen a Nazi. Him,
0: you know, I mean, in the very first episode, Echo's <laughs> like, hey, that guy hates clones. And like, yeah. in the episodes, the Citadel episodes where Echo uh, presumably dies, like, we see him be pretty terrible towards clones. Yeah, like, he's awful. We know that he's awful. Yeah. I guess this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, too, which is like, Rampart is weirdly human and yeah. like, weirdly, like, um even in his mm-hmm. like footing when it comes to like what he's doing and where he wants to go. Yeah,
1: he he really does seem like he's just trying to do his best, the best he can. And yeah. like he I mean he is sinister. Like he's not um he's not he's, full of wonder. He's not a curious no, sort of characterized I mean, we person. I don't
0: like, like him per se, but <laughs> yeah, he is almost like understandable in a way. I won't say relatable. But he, well, he's just but less like, like he's just less villainous than
1: Tarkin. Like <laughs> yeah. obviously Tarkin's just like the worst. I mean,
0: and he looks like a corpse.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I like that we get Charles Rampart. Um, he's just kind of a normal guy in a way. Yeah, I he is a very intriguing character to me, though. Maybe it's just that like we don't get a lot of his story that we, I'm intrigued we get about, to, but um. um
0: uh i I, not that we get to like fill in the gaps like when we don't see him but he he does leave a lot for us to like contemplate i would say and Mm -hmm. he does represent a really interesting part of the empire that we haven't really seen before absolutely
1: um do you wanna do you wanna go on to themes i would love to go on to themes great um choice 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 (laughs) talk to me about choice talk to you
0: about choice uh as we've talked about oof um As we were saying earlier in the episode, I I think it's really uh, smart that they had these two um, plots going on in this episode. I I like, you know, sort of we get uh, Omega and then we get Crosshair, right? And they're set up kind of as proxies, right? And I think, uh, I mean, I really like talking about the theme of, like, choice, especially choice in this world, right? That's changing, ever evolving, and it's confusing to them. But, like, uh, we get to see Omega you know as we talked about earlier choose you know nonviolent methods choose like you know to to be a a part of the batch uh because you know she she cares right out of passion out of love out of you know all of these things and then we get to see crosshair choose in a way to uh be just literally the worst um it's so interesting that we get to like juxtapose those two things and again it's different than we've seen previously in star wars because i feel like it had a lot to do with like (laughs) i i feel like the choices in star wars were like choose to be a good jedi person or like i don't know like you know choice the theme is kind of a a different in different star wars properties we've talked about this i'm also struggling to
1: put words to your idea yeah i
0: guess -hmm. like we talk about rogue one a lot in that and that's very much like Mm -hmm. you know be be active Mm -hmm. in your uh in your world you know rebel (laughs) even though it's difficult um Mm -hmm. This feels different.
1: (laughs) I like that this has like a nuance to it. I think this feels different because the theme of good versus evil or, or light side versus dark side is also very present in this episode. Um, and not, not saying it undercuts the power of choice, but with the inhibitor chip talk and with the setting up of like, well, crosshair is, is not doing this. Um, these aren't his actions per se. He's not, he can't help it. This conversation you have with, um, the Hunter has with Omega, uh, it, it, like Not that it undercuts the power of choice, but like, I, I think it leans, I think the power of choice is, is a secondary theme to this, like, just you see the setup of compassion and love versus hatred and jealousy yeah
0: i guess that's sort of what i'm i'm getting at and also again like in the concepts of good versus evil i love that it's like it's not necessarily good and bad like it's not just like so binary it's like it becomes more of like the human aspect of that Mm -hmm. instead of a sort of chosen one aspect of that and like you Mm -hmm. know you can choose to be compassionate or you can choose to be cruel yeah like it's it's almost outside of these like bounds that we know we understand star wars to be which is very you know Mm -hmm. black and white um I love that. I love that about this show. I think it, it does such a great job of doing that in it's, little ways. It's very good. And man, when you start analyzing it uh, as we do, like I feel like it, it's cool that these choices become really apparent. It, it's telling
1: mm-hmm. you a story about mm-hmm. um,
0: the why they did this. They mm-hmm. composed this in this way.
1: I'm just so I'm just so happy with a show like this where we do get to see that dark side, light side, but from a completely different angle. Yeah. Less from the. I mean, you kind of just said this, but yeah. you know, less from the the Jedi angle because. To a point, Jedi are unrelatable. Right? They are. I mean, not that, like, we have any experience as soldiers like the Batch, but, like, y- they don't have mystical powers, right? No.
0: They, they become
1: more human and They're also... They're not as, quote-unquote, spiritual.
0: I think with this story, too, like, we get to see them trying to transition and, and be a part of the world. And, like, I think that is a relatable concept, right? We're all going through life trying to, like, yeah. fit in or, like, find a way to be a part of you know the world around us exactly
1: it feels it feels relatable in that like i've always considered superman as a character to be very unrelatable (laughs) because he is a he's an alien like he has these incredible powers yeah like
0: how do you even go about your daily life versus
1: batman bruce wayne is just is just a human who has made this incredible decision to do aggressive good
0: <laughs> uh, a great way to put what he is doing <laughs> aggressive
1: good where like we all have that choice yeah. to do good level of of aggression notwithstanding <laughs> um but we all have that choice and and, and if he's just a guy then, and you're just a person like y- you are in the same boat as him whereas i think superman i mean i think a superman has always been sort of a representation of like something greater yeah um, but but he's just not as relatable to me
0: yeah um, and i you know i i could talk about this topic yeah. for a very I long time i mean he's time, more
1: something to look up to exactly and i feel that that is the um, role that a lot of the jedi play yeah. in this show in this series and this it's something to uh, as- aspire to they're he, kind of like a greater yeah. so a greater good so they're very much less relatable in that yeah in that aspect like but.
0: Uh, again, there's something really uh, beautiful about seeing the humanity, mm-hmm. right, in people and, and seeing, you know, despite it all, still choosing to do good, like, or, yeah. you know, t- choosing to be compassionate, choosing to, mm-hmm. to, you know, do something for others. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I think obviously the other two themes, I don't think they were that um, present.
0: Destiny. Mm, yeah. we, we have a little less talk of like, I, I think because uh, inhibitor chips almost played like a, a background Role in this in this episode, uh, which I think is kind of, I mean, like obviously that we talked about them a little bit, and that is kind of the the concept of of destinies and fates, kind of in in mm-hmm. that like, you know, do we do we choose? And we did talk about that, but um, it, it feels a little less that like fate, your, I don't know, concept is present in this
1: episode. Mm-hmm. I do, I do like the. I guess this is fits sort of, sort of in that destiny fate area. But just this idea of um Crosshair being very happy with his preconceived role of soldier. And I think the other ones, not necessarily that we're like, oh, we think we're better than this, but I think they're they're more apt to realizing that like there's there's something greater and that something greater at at this point for them is like each other and family and yeah. taking care of the people that you love and care about. Um so I I don't know it sort of fits under that under that heading. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, let's just talk about extra thoughts and favorite moments. And uh, do you want to just go ham with the Julia's w- Design I Corner? I would
0: love to go ham okay. with Julia's Design Corner. There were less things I necessarily wanted to talk about in this episode, but I do have more just like wily observations, which go I think it. I can continue to do vis a vis uh tattoo. Uh, statue <laughs> looks like a monocle. Is that a digital? <laughs> um, but I love, we've talked about, I keep wanting to call it a crate dragon. It's not a crate dragon, it's an Ordo moon dragon. Ordo moon dragon. Um, she's lovely and beautiful, and I love her her um i was contemplating her design i'm gendering this animal but it's okay because i think That's she's a she cute. she's a she i love her um but uh the, contemplating the design and it felt so and this is a wild statement so clone wars to me mm-hmm. um so just and no, like it's
1: just such a good nostalgic way
0: yeah and like I, again i love that they were able to create uh something that was scary enough to a point in the story and then became sort of like immediately like oh yeah I, this is dog-like you know like mm-hmm. we're able to sort of like Split the difference, like have one foot on you know either side of the the scary to cute uh, mm-hmm. sort of spectrum of character design. And I love I love that they did that. Here's a my wily statement about this one: um, giving the the face of this creature really giving me vibes of. <laughs> do you remember in the altar of mortis episodes? Um, there's a little nasty creature who is i believe the sun you remember the sun yeah in disguise it's Uh the one that like bites ahsoka and turns her into like nasty puppet ahsoka Uh um it's it has the same like weird rounded face sharp teeth black eyes thing and i was like why does it look why does it look a little bit like whatever that nasty little like gremlin
1: was Mm -hmm. um which is like I I wonder. I mean, I think those are just sort of like they're just like creature features. Yeah, <laughs> excuse the pun. <laughs> uh,
0: no, they for sure are. But I just think it's funny that like I mean, there's I- infinite ways, infinite yeah. paths in design and character creature design, and it's interesting that we've ended up sort of in a similar zone. And yeah. not necessarily that that is what makes it so Clone Wars-y, but like it does. I I love that we're kind of uh, everywhere we go in little places, hearkening back to mm-hmm. to things like that. Yeah. Uh, I also just love that they chose to make. Um, how <laughs> when it feeds on energy, it, it does like oh, the faceted light turning on glow. I love bioluminescent creatures. It's so fun. Uh, and I love so that they fun. chose to do that. And like the lighting, again, the lighting in this show is so great. And like I love that we get to see it on Omega's face. And like yeah. it it's just brings such like a fun whimsy to like this part of Star Wars, which I think kind of more of the live action properties, the properties that are a little bit more serious,
1: um, lack yeah, severely. you get a little more of the kooky back.
0: Bring in kooky back. Um, I I love it. That's like some of my favorite things of Star Wars is just like, yes, it's sci-fi. It's silly. It's yeah. campy. It's weird. Yeah. Um, And then we talked about this uh, when we were watching the episode, but I, I love the design of these respirators. They're very um, good. They did really smart things in this show um, because their entire main cast sons Omega is wearing helmets, right? Like, Uh uh, you know, we get to see Tech's eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, Hunter will take off his helmet immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, they do clever things to be able to um, preserve the level of character, like, facial animation they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like that these respirators... Follow the same logic. We're mm-hmm. like, I love that they have the little
1: peekaboo, uh,
0: transparent plastic in them, which like, Hey, I love that we get to see their breath fogging up.
1: Right. We get to see like, their <laughs> breath fogging up. I, I do appreciate that because I feel like a lot of the times, um, not, I mean, obviously animators have a really, a lot, a lot of work that they need to do. For so, sure. like, I think a lot of the times they'll take opportunities like this to, like, oh, I don't have to animate them exactly, out. Exactly, right. And we don't see anyone taking shortcuts here. And it's, like, not that that's, I mean, I, I understand, like, you know what? I'm not against a shortcut. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> but it just, I guess it, it, feels it just like speaks it to the dedication and, like, love that this team had. Yeah. Um, to this it, it being, does... like, I'm going to put the extra work into animating these people's mouths because we're yeah. going to put a it's also just like a very utilitarian thing i mean like we encountered this in in during covid where like a lot of people uh, a lot of deaf people read lips right and with masks you can't see them i mean not not that this is a statement on that or anything but like it seems like a very practical design yeah if you're in a place where you need oxygen you're probably like in this format you're probably not in a very safe place and you would need all of the faculties that you would have. So if you're trying to figure out what someone's saying, being able to see their mouth moving, yeah. read their lips makes sense. Yeah. And
0: I love that. Like, so we get to see the breath fogging up. We get to like, you know, we're able to see their mouth moving from, you know, mm-hmm. from certain angles. And I love that there's also a light in there. Why mm-hmm. is there a light in there? There should, there's no reason why there should be a light in there, except for like it, it creates this really cool uplighting on like their nose and lips mm-hmm. and chin. And like, it's just it's so good. It's eye candy. Like, it's just. <laughs> well, it's also.
1: a um, uh, uh, What is the word? It, you can also tell when it's working and it's not, which yeah. comes into play with Hunter. Yeah.
0: It is like, it does have a plot Losing reason. His, his yeah. And I like that. Like we see Omega at the beginning, like this is such a good way to like integrate this yeah. concept is her turning it on and off. So we see the light turn on and the light turn off. And, like, it's a very childish thing too, to just it's, play with that. Yeah. To it's just play fun. with that, which I think is great for like her character. And then also we get like that, that unconscious understanding of like, this is, you know, it has an on and off proximity yeah. uh, availability. Um, yeah and then just like the background character animation i think is great um that that's all for julia's design corner
1: (laughs) this is really random but i we uh, remember when we first watched this what like two years ago um i think it was last year was it last year yeah because remember i watched it when
0: i started going on vacation and then i came back and was like becca you gotta watch this um,
1: no, but I really, I, I totally like noticed this the first time I watched this, but when Tarkin is talking about, um, the clones versus, uh, the recruiting soldiers, he's like, it's cost prohibitive. Oh yes. I, I and love I'm it. like, that's such a big term for like a, what we Not th- consider a children's gonna show, lie.
0: I, I don't like, I feel like whenever someone says cost prohibitive, I think of the opposite of what it is. If that makes sense.
1: You mean you think they're saying it's cheaper? Yes, versus it's, it's more actually more expensive.
0: Yeah, um, it prohibits cost. Is I think where my brain is that going. makes sense. Um, yeah. but yeah, again, we I think we talked about this like multiple times when we first watched this show together. Where it's like they used the word cost prohibitive, well, which and is,
1: is like it's so such a choice. <laughs> it's such a choice, but it's not entirely just like out, out of the blue. Of the blue, like it's very something that Tarkin would say. Yeah, like I think these people. I mean, the, the people <laughs> creating this show are, um. Not pulling punches when it comes to characterizing people and like doing it in a a good way. They're not, they're not like, oh, we need to dumb this down. Like, I think, I mean, we talked about this when, when we first watched this episode, but, um, I think, I think even younger kids will like understand The concept of that they understand the the gist of what is being said and communicated in this conversation yeah
0: absolutely um it's just fun that like they they chose to put in kind of a a big word yeah but it makes sense in context and like again i love that uh we are in an era of television where like we don't have to like make kids shows dumbed down for them because we think that kids don't know anything they're incredibly intelligent and again it makes these shows a lot more
1: available to wider audiences like i wonder how many I wonder how many younger people learn the definition of cost prohibited. Because yeah, it's a ship. learning
0: experience as well. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, when you're a kid, you're absorbing so much information, information for yeah. books and TV shows and movies and I things. Mean, and like,
0: <laughs> our our childhoods are a testament to that.
1: <laughs> I mean, the way that you learn is organic in that sense. So it, it's totally, I mean, everything is a learning experience yeah. if you put it that way. Yeah. Um
0: that's uh, just my little. Yeah, thing it's that a, I, a beautiful statement. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, sort of uh, jump into a recap, if yeah. you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and where the next episode is pointing us. I think mm-hmm. that's a good, uh, a thing to always finish these up with. But um, I, you know, we got so many inhibitor chip breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. We got so many, um, uh, pointing us in the direction of like what the uh what the kaminoans are up to what the empire is up to we have uh, i think a lot of questions leaving this episode whereas i feel like the last Mm -hmm. episode it kind of ended on like a feel-good note like Mm -hmm. oh wow things are working out characters are being nice to each other we did not see any of crosshair right Mm -hmm. it it lacked sort of a a negative plot line um this is like left us with a lot of questions which i think is interesting for an episode three um questions that I believe will continue to sort of evolve
1: and get answered or not over time. Yeah, so the next episode will be episode four, Cornered. Um, and I believe we get to see, um, we get an, a new side character introduced when they get to Ord Mantel, Um And we get to see the Batch figuring out how they're going, how they need to do things. We, we kind of established in this episode that, the oh, we're running low on food rations. So they need to, they're not being paid anymore. So they no. need... To make their own way in the world. And they're figuring out how to do that. Um, yeah, I, I
0: do like that we kind of were lightly introduced to this topic. That like the Badge is kind of not necessarily in dire straits at this point. But like mm, they're going to need to find a way to like be
1: people. They're they need a job. They're <laughs> in uncharted waters. Uh, regarding the fact that they've been provided for yeah, their, their entire whole lives. 11 years of life or whatever
0: <laughs> definitely not 11 it's They're... like four
1: <laughs> yeah something like that anyway all right that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening we'll be publishing episodes every tuesday and thursday so join us next time for episode four cornered you can find us on spotify and apple podcasts and also instagram and twitter at the batch pod so if you like story and you like star wars then tune in for the next episode of
0: the good the bad and the batch Bye.